Hour two of Wildcat Insider News Radio KMAN. Mitch Fortner with the voice of the Wildcats and Kansas Association of Broadcasters Hall of Famer Wyatt Thompson. Travion Berkland is on the board today as well. Can't take in any phone calls, unfortunately. We are pre-taping this, uh, so we'll try to get you your phone calls next week. But uh, no phone calls. We are pre-taping as uh, I'll be attending the KAB Awards Banquet later on tonight uh, here in town, luckily. Um but uh, as we as we move on to here in an hour or two, we'll get more into the Big 12 later on in the hour, plus a look at the Oklahoma State Cowboys at around 525. Uh, more recap of the 38-28 loss to TCU. Injuries, of course, stacked up. But we are talking off-air wide about a man that, uh, because of the injuries and just losing the game, right, the negatives will outweigh the positives. A huge positive, and it really kind of felt like a bounce back, was for Deuce Vaughn, who had not scored since the Missouri game. And for the first time this year, I always like to tweet out when Deuce Vaughn scores a touchdown, it's in all caps. Touchdown, hashtag my boy Deuce Vaughn. If he scores multiple touchdowns, I'll put like a times two or a times three in there. Once I got to do a times four, that was the Texas Bowl, for those that remember, against LSU. Deuce scoring twice, or four times rather. He scores on a long run against the Horned Frogs while K-State was in that run of four straight touchdown drives, and uh, his game was overshadowed. All those yards, he had to work extra hard to get. Yeah, we were talking off air about the fact that he had the 47-yard touchdown run, and that was terrific. It was a quick hitter. I mean, he just blast right through and boom, gone. We've seen that a lot, no doubt about that. But the other couple of things that come to mind is he gets 83 yards on just 12 carries. So you figure that out, and that's almost seven yards per tote. And against that group, that's that's pretty good. And he also had four catches for 38 yards, including 28 of those yards after catch, the yak yards, which is which is rock solid. So when you look at his his numbers, 121, relatively quiet other than, <laughs> than the 47-yard touchdown run, uh, pretty pretty darn good football game for Deuce. And I, I, I just appreciate him because of his consistency and the way he goes about everything. Um, you know, updating charts and stuff today. The other night was his 30th college football game at Kansas State. And wow. he, he is <laughs> averaging just a skosh over 130 all-purpose yards per game. So we've been sitting here talking about him for two or three minutes. And if you just look at those numbers, for him it was an average game. Well, that's a pretty good average game, I guess is my point. Now, and, and he had to uh, – you know, he was a big part of that offense – going as well and he had a it felt like he he also needed to you know kind of put the team on his back so to speak because adrian was out and we know how important deuce vaughn has been when adrian is you know like pass blocking or uh you know blocking downfield for adrian and how awesome that's been to see deuce really <laughs> lay the hammer down on some guys like yeah. just he's he's a smaller guy but he's laying down huge blocks so he's been so instr- instrumental in that but he was the one that had to start leading the team along with will howard to you know, make sure K State had a chance of winning that football game, and I, I just, I love that he got to score. Since the Missouri game is a crazy long time for somebody like him yeah. to not score. Well, keep in mind, in that <laughs> gap there, Adrian Martinez scored a lot. You yeah. know, I mean, he took up the slack, and 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 so you don't notice it quite so much. But your point is, I good do. One. I, I guess what I would <laughs> say is, 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 I don't know if you will agree with this kind of thought or thinking at all, but I've always been a believer that. You can be really good at something or quite good at something if you work at it hard enough. And I think what I appreciate about – and we all see what Deuce can do with the ball in his hands and, and those types of things. But 
I'm, I'm still amazed at how much pride he takes in trying to be a good blocker and knowing all those block schemes and that kind of thing because he, he really throws his body around in there and tries to get people blocked. And I, I just, you know, for his size, uh, that's pretty admirable. In, in a big man's game, he's not only surviving, he's flourishing. Yeah, and he's another one that's banged up, and uh, yeah. you know he's not one hundred percent, but he's he's playing through it. He's really stepping up and and showing his toughness. And I, I said on on Powercat Game Day, my what to watch for would be the running game, but not just Deuce. It would be DJ Giddens because Coach mentioned on Tuesday about how you know DJ will be more involved in the uh, in the game plan. They ran him four times. That wasn't very successful. He had one nice run. But he also had a really nice catch for 26 yards, and that was a great throw from Will Howard and a great catch, a great route from D.J. Giddens. And, and Deuce was involved more in the passing game as well. He was. Again, we'll remind everybody, Deuce had the four catches on four targets, which is good, but they targeted D.J. a couple of different times. You mentioned the 26-yard catch. The other one was kind of a similar route, if I remember correctly, and it was relatively close to being a hookup, but but just you know, close doesn't count. But I, I think what we're seeing is is them trying to get him more opportunities because he has been really good. He's been had better rushing games. There's no doubt about that. But uh, he he continues for a very young player to 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 thrive and get better weekly. Now, the storyline this week is injuries. Oh yeah. Unfortunately, they just kept adding up and adding up. Another guy going to the locker room. Another guy going to the locker room or the tent on the sideline or going to the tent. To the locker room, it, it, like four, five, six guys. I don't know. I I wasn't there. I couldn't keep count. Just kind of going based on what I saw on social media from the media that was there. But it just seemed like every series we were losing somebody starting in that second quarter. So he, right now, here's the injury report. Adrian Martinez, not sure about Saturday. But also Will Howard was banged up. He looked like maybe like a left shoulder injury. He came back into the game after a couple of series that were not good. Uh, with Jake Ribley, to be honest. Uh, Will Howard comes back in and adds a little bit of momentum to the offense. So, again, we'll have to wait and just see what happens this week with Adrian Martinez. We don't know, but I think Will Howard would be ready to go if he needs to be. Uh, one, I don't think we've mentioned this name yet. Ben Sinnott yeah. uh, had to leave the game at one point in the second half, and I don't think we saw him return. And when it comes to that tight end position, I think he's the one I want in there. I, I really do. Well, I would not argue with that. I, I'm I'm all in on that. I, I, I'm a big fan of Ben Sennett's. I think he's a very nice young guy, but above and beyond that, more importantly, he's a, he's a developing and, and quality football player, That and I don't think we've seen anything out of him yet that I think he is potentially uh, capable of. How's that? I, I, I mean, I, I, I he has a good frame. He can run. He's got good hands. Um, he, he'd be the first to tell you that he needs to be more productive in terms of the numbers, uh, better in, in some of the blocking schemes at times. But but I think it's in there, and you just got to keep developing and, and working at it. But uh, there, there's there's a lot of things to like about number 34, Ben Sennett. He's a good football player. I don't know if you have the same opinion as I do, but the blocking part of it is key. I've not been happy with the blocking from the tight ends in the running game, but I do feel Ben Sennett has been the better of the group. With the run block, even though work needs to be made, he would probably be the better. I mean, you know, Sammy Wheeler missed the block, and Will Howard gets hurt. Uh, it's just those kind of things. Um, but unfortunately, I mean, TCU has been hurting quarterbacks through Big Twelve play, so uh, I don't know. Maybe it was just bad luck. I don't know. Well, back to the original thought. Is you know, again, we can talk about Will and Adrian and Daniel Green and. 
Julius Brents and Ben Sennett and are we leaving others out? I'm sure we are. Deuce Vaughn was another one because he Deuce, rolled his yeah. ankle, but he came yeah. back and he, he worked through it. And I'll, I'll run down the defensive names that we're just unsure about. Daniel Green, Julius Brents, Josh Hayes. I mean, those are yeah. some pretty key guys that we're missing because yeah. uh, we lost what well, we lose. Daniel Green, the first quarter. Julius Brents, um, in not, and out. Yeah, in and yeah. out. He, he came back in that third quarter and gave up a long touchdown when he shouldn't have probably been in the game. And coach mentioned that. Yep. Um, that and they didn't know about it at the time. Like maybe he just wanted to go back in, said that I'm good. You know, we don't know. But I just kind of assume he's just that kind of guy. He wants to play. And he's very good. And Josh Hayes, um, he's he's might be probably I guess day to day. I don't know what the issue is, but. Yeah, I just uh, yeah. don't know. I'll be honest with you too on on Josh. I'm not sure what his situation is. Hopefully, we'll learn a little bit more on that. I know he's a really tough football player. Um, I would be under the impression, until I'm told otherwise, that uh, he, I think he would be ready to go this weekend. But but that's just a, a guess on my part. Okay. I, I don't know that uh, in final terms, if you will. Uh, but but they, you know. Again, we said this earlier in the show, those type of in, impactful players, when they're not in the game, it, it, it makes a difference, especially when you're playing a top-10 football team on the road. And uh, we saw that in the second half the other night. Well, Coach Kleiman, if you're listening, uh, get ready for uh, tomorrow <laughs> at 1230, uh, probably right off the bat. <laughs> We're going to be looking for injury updates, and there's probably going to be multiple questions uh, about, about, those, uh, about those issues. Now, uh, I, I've seen this as a topic today, just kind of, folks talking on social media i haven't chimed in until now um about like who what worries me the most about the names that i that i listed on who could not potentially play on saturday against oklahoma state and oklahoma state's made up too we'll talk about them in the next segment but for k-state's for where k-state's at right now what worries me most um if will howard didn't perform like he did in the first half before getting hurt against Oak, or against tcu be very, very worried about the QB position, of course. Sure. Asia Martinez missing. Uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a believer in Will Howard now. Uh, I used to not be. I think right now I am. Missing Daniel Green, to me, is crucial. That's your quarterback of the defense. That is somebody who has not missed a game since he redshirted. Um, he, he's very important. To me... That that's a really tough one to replace. Honestly, it is it, it is most difficult to replace on a lot of different levels. For one, he's a really really good speed guy at his position, uh, an athlete. He's a good tackler, um, and again, in and that position in the middle of a of a three three five set, this is a, I mean, this is a preseason All Big Twelve guy. I mean, he he he's a really good football player and. 6'3 and 240 pounds. Um, so, yeah, you, with that said, I thought Nick Allen did an admirable job in his stead. But, but again, you, you know, it is what it is. Daniel's one of the better football players on this football team, and you, all things equal, you want him in there, period, yeah. end of story. So that, that would be a big loss if he can't go. And I, to me, he, I think the perception is, is that he, he may be the, the one guy that, would be in the most difficult position of, of trying to play this weekend. We'll see if it plays out that way. Well, and without him, I mean, we, I just noticed there are more missed tackles sure. uh, from that you know middle linebacker position. Guys getting into the secondary for TCU. He, Here, here's the thing I'll say too, because we've talked about tackling a couple of different times, and it was an issue the other night. And 
the other the other factor is that we we talked about the ten of nineteen on third down that you're not getting off and you get tired. They defended or tried to defend eighty three plays the other night. That definitely needed to be more in the middle to high sixties, in my opinion, for K State to have a legitimate chance to win the ball game. I mean, thirteen minutes to go, K State's in it. Uh, it it's a three point game, I believe, at the, at that particular point, uh, and. But man, you you have to tackle in space, um, and again, no excuses. I, th- I thought some of the guys that that filled in did an admirable job. But again, be repetitive here. All things being equal, I'll take Julius Prince and Daniel Green and <laughs> those kind of guys uh, every time. You have to. All right. So I suppose we'll take a break. Uh, when we come back. We'll talk about the Oklahoma State Cowboys. They're banged up. We could give you some names. It's kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they they could be in or out for this Saturday. We're ne- just not sure, but they still have some talent. I mean, banged up against uh, Saturday against Texas, they still got it done. We'll talk about the Oklahoma State Cowboys when we come back on Wildcat Insider. Wildcat Insider continues on KMAN. Mitch Fortner with KAB Hall of Famer in the voice of the Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson. And Travion Berklin is running our board today. We are pre-taping the show, so unfortunately no phone calls today. But now we turn our attention to this Saturday. Number nine is coming to town. Now this was potentially going to be college game day. If K-State got the job done in Fort Worth, unfortunately that didn't happen. So now I think game day is headed like Jackson State. Southern versus Jackson State. That's right. I think is the game. So, I mean, hey, good for uh, Jackson State to get that. That's pretty cool. But uh, this is still a top 25 matchup, and I still think this is a game, you know, depending on who's in and who's out, the Cats can show up and get it done. I think there, I think that could definitely happen. Do not count K-State out, guys. It's not like K-State in the last 10 years hasn't played Oklahoma State with a backup quarterback. <laughs> 2012, 2013, 2016, tw- uh, last year. 2020, uh, it's happened quite a bit. And there's most of those games, K-State either won or should have won those games with backup quarterbacks. Daniel Sams a couple of times had to come in and play against Oklahoma State, home or on the road. Will Howard has played in a backup role and started twice against the Oklahoma State Cowboys. So, I mean, Will Howard has seen this team a couple of times. I'm not too worried about that. But, of course, the injuries and who might not play defensively is a big factor. But I think it's fair to start with Oklahoma State that they're banged up and that they miss some guys. They miss five or six starters against Texas. And, you know, depending on week-by-week type of thing, who's going to be back, who knows. But we at least head into this week thinking, okay, Oklahoma State might be missing some guys as well. And, uh, I mean, I could run down some names for you. I don't know. I hope this means a little something to people. But, for instance, that wide receiver, uh, Brayden Johnson and his backup, Jaden Bray, were both out for the Texas game. Their center, Preston Wilson, was out. He had a lower leg injury a couple of weeks ago. I think he still might be out for this game against K-State. Now, Brendan Evers is an interesting case. Because of injuries, he has decided to opt out of the rest of the season. I don't think he'd really played anyway, but he was really good on the defensive line uh, last year. He was really good, but he's decided not to play for the rest of the year. You have safety uh, Thomas Harper, who missed the game. So they had to really adjust things in the secondary, did Mike Gundy. 
um, and then they lost a safety late in the game against Texas. Yeah, and we're not sure about that safety is Jason Taylor, who landed wrong after kind of sealing the game with a pick there at the, at the very end. So they too, like K State, have been banged up, and it's 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 a unique team because they have a a large amount of guys from last year's very successful team back offensively, but have had to replace some very 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 quality linebackers, and, and it's been those guys that that are in there now have done fine, but th- this is not the defense that it was a year ago, and and we all know OSU is usually a, a team that will run it, but also would be pretty good at throwing it. Well. They're throwing it at second best in the league, but rush offense, they're eighth in the conference right now, and that just feels a little weird. Not, not that they're not skilled enough to do it, but it just hasn't been as consistent. Oh, well, shame on me. Uh, I'm missing a very important name from the guys I was mentioning earlier uh, for Oklahoma State who could play, who might not play. Well, he, like many guys for K-State, exited the game and did not return, and that's their leading Rusher Dominic Richardson, who's yeah. nearly 500 yards this season, but you mentioned, I mean, Oklahoma State's not a strong running team, even with Spencer Sanders. But Dominic Richardson had three rushing touchdowns on 13 carries and only 24 yards. Yeah. He scored, but he also is banged up, so he might not play. And I also forgot about Brock Martin for Oklahoma State, who's their leader in sacks. Yeah, Brock did not Mart- play for- yeah losing Brock Martin is significant. Not that Dominic isn't, but Martin is, is – he and Colin Oliver up front – uh, big time guys, no doubt about that. So they have been hurt. One thing I will say about their running back position, and I'm, I'm sure people, when they watch the game this weekend, will see this. Whether Richardson, let's say Richardson can go some, they're wanting to and have said that they want to get more carries for a redshirt freshman in uh, Jaden Nixon and a true freshman in Ollie Gordon. They really, really like both of those guys, and I think we'll see more of those guys on display this weekend. We'll see how it plays out, but I think we will. So do you think offensively TCU was successful throwing the football? Oklahoma State has Spencer Sanders, who's been there forever now, and he's the leading passer. You know, With a team that's better passing than running, like even though K State's banged up, I mean, wouldn't you take it that way? You'd rather face a team that's better passing than rushing because K State has been okay at stopping the run. It's not like they've been bad or anything. They've just given up some bigger plays in the run game. Yeah, I I think what we're talking about here is facing TCU. Again, we said this earlier in the show. Balance wise, run pass, they're right there where most teams would really like to be. OSU has not necessarily done that consistently this year with the run game. Right. Excuse me. I did not phrase yeah. that very well. But, but but I think you're on the right. Yeah, yeah. You're on the right track. Yeah. So so I do think it is easier to defend, uh, at least in theory. Now, with that said, here here's the downside to that theory. Uh, I think they have in quarterback Spencer Sanders probably the best guy in the conference at the quarterback position from the standpoint of experience. And big games. It's hard to replace that. Even banged up. He found a way on Saturday to win a football game against a pretty good Texas team. And they scored 41 points to do it. Against, you know, decent, I mean, good talent. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, th- this, uh, this, I just think they have winning culture. Uh, their coach probably doesn't get enough credit. And I, you know, Spencer Sanders is just a winner. I mean, look, look at the track record. He, he, he's he's made some mistakes along the way, but as it goes as a as a run pass threat, 
he can hurt you at times. No doubt about that. And you mentioned they're, they're you know replacing a lot from that defense last year. Um, well, Malcolm I, Rodriguez is a pro. Yeah, you just start with that, the Detroit that. Lions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, he's made an impact. Yeah, and, and but again, they're not talent void. And I'll re- repeat this again um, with Martin and Oliver up front. It, it was I was surprised to be honest with you with the Evers kid because w- what I'm hearing is. He he's out because he wants to train for the NFL and not be not be hurt and and I, to me that. I just don't like that. I I, I think you're either in or you're saying. out from from. If you commit to being a guy with your team, hang with it throughout the entirety of the season. And it's easy for me to say that because I don't have a pro career hanging in the balance, but. Uh, I, I just don't understand those guys that do that. All right, so I did a quick search on Brendan uh, Brendan Evers who. And you mentioned it like he he's been gosh he's been starting for Oklahoma State for a while now oh, yeah. hasn't he? He's a yeah. senior like a fifth year senior maybe started in 2018 and um so this season he had played in just one game and I think he got hurt and he hasn't played since so maybe it's maybe it makes more sense with that I think maybe yeah. is an injury type of choice where he's banged up he could possibly come back but doesn't want to get hurt again so I I don't know the whole story but I I definitely hear what you're saying. And I think I've heard a couple of stories already this year about that happening where I think maybe actually a Boise State, like their quarterback, just opted out for the rest of the season and just like, I don't know if it was an injury thing. He just decided, all right, this team stinks. I'm kind of done. Want to go somewhere else. Just kind of gave up. Not the situation here at all with Brendan Evers. I'm just going to say if he was healthy and he was still playing, like that is a guy you worry about. Oh, for sure. Very good player. Very good player. And that defensive line, there's a ton of good defensive lines in this conference and Oklahoma State is no exception. Like, they are still very strong. Yeah, and they do have some depth up there too. I, I can't stress that enough. Even though they're they're without some guys, and I, I they will compete. They they just will. And I think when you look at that secondary, I mean, Corey Black has played a lot of football. Thomas Harper has played a lot of football. Sean Michael Flanagan, same. Jason Taylor, same. And then they've got. Uh, I think Jabbar Muhammad as a corner is, wow, I, I think he's one of the better guys in the league. So they, they do have skill. And even though their defense isn't as tough as they were last year, they got a new defensive coordinator right in Derek Mason, Correct. who used to coach at Vanderbilt. This is still a well-coached team. Oh, yeah. And I think the Texas game is a great example of, and it's the Big 12, I mean, you can't count a team out. TCU comes storming back. I mean, and uh, Oklahoma State comes storming back against Texas. Even though that game was in Stillwater, they still came back and, and pulled it off. Um, they found a way to play some great defense, and all of a sudden that defense was really good, and Texas had trouble uh, continuing to score, especially in that fourth quarter. I, just keep in mind, this is a well-coached team. Um, and so, But it's, just, it's hard to really predict how this game is going to go. Because we've mentioned seven or eight guys that are hurt or – you know, just banged up at the least for each team. Yeah. And all those players we mentioned are pretty good. Like, they're pretty key to the success of both teams. So, and just kind of a game day prediction. Like, okay, let's look in pregame who's warming up and who's not and who's going to play, depending on what the coach is going to say as well. I believe Mike Gundy said earlier today that he expects Adrian Martinez to play. But I mean, it's just coach talk to say, well, we're, you know, we're preparing for each guy or whatever. Yeah. But it, they're preparing for Adrian. Yeah. I, I think it's a very interesting thing when you look at the Oklahoma State and Texas game because if, if you combine the two quarterbacks from Saturday, 
they threw the ball 106 times. Yes. I don't know that we'll see that this weekend. <laughs> that game took forever. Yeah, it did. That was it. a long game, especially that first half. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's that's crazy to throw the I mean, well, Ewers was only 19 of 49. Yeah, 30 incompletions. Yeah. yeah. And, and Spencer Sanders was 34 of 57 for 391 yards. So they, they uh, threw the ball 35 times total, ran the ball 40. So it's, I suppose, good about – well, I'm, I'm sorry. I said that wrong. 57 passes, mm-hmm. 40 rushes. No, Oklahoma State has great wide receivers. Yeah, they and do. They, and and, and Brayden Johnson didn't play, but they still have Bryson Green, Brandon Presley. We all know about Brandon Presley here in oh, Manhattan yeah. for yeah. sure. He's a great player. Um, but, I mean, even if you go back to last year, you know, the, the situation K-State was in – and you lose by two points, and it was just you know one bad mistake by Will Howard that can fl- completely flipped the game. A um, lot of factors, lot, lot, lot of factors. Well, we we said going into the Iowa State game during pregame, uh, all of the close games K State and Iowa State have played, generally speaking, lately. Said it the other night, and we'll say it again on Saturday. I'm sure you know, maybe not as many with OSU as the other two. Uh, most recently, but when these have been really tight, tense games, they have been really fun to watch, and both in Stillwater and Manhattan. Missing Daniel Green would be huge, but like I mentioned, with Oklahoma State having three wide receivers, top 10 in the Big 12 in receiving, you want Julius Prince badly in a game like that <laughs> yeah. this Saturday. 2.30 for the kickoff. Power K game day will start at 10.30 in the morning with Cole Manbeck, Derek Young, and Myself, also televised on Fox, but of course right here on K-Man, listen to the broadcast from the K-State Sports Network. All right, when we come back, uh, Big 12 this Saturday, plus some Meet the Wildcats questions for the Hall of Famer Wyatt Thompson. When we come back on Wildcat Insider. Welcome back to Wildcat Insider News Radio K-Man. Mitch Fortner with Wyatt Thompson, the voice of the Cats. Travion Berkland is on the board. Pre-taping today, so unfortunately no phone calls, but... Let's just jump in, Why into the this weekend in the Big 12. It is, let's see, where we're at? Week number nine already in the mm-hmm. conference, man. Yeah. And it's going to be the last Saturday in the month of October, so expect some Halloween costumes, or wear your Halloween costumes, for sure. For Halloween, the game on it's Monday, right? Yeah. Uh, Halloween is, yeah, Monday. Yeah. Yep. yep. So two days after the game, October 29th, is when the Cats will play Oklahoma State top 25 matchup, number 22, K-State, which, by the way, KU at home loses a TCU. Quarterback gets knocked out. They don't drop a spot in the polls. <laughs> K-State loses. Meanwhile, they're losing all their defensive players in the job five spots. You know, on the road. I, I, mean, I learned what the a hell, lo- guys. I learned a long time ago, do not try to explain <laughs> how the voters vote in the in the coaches and or the the media poll. You, you cannot make sense of it more times than not. Kellis Robinette, you need to with this AP in shape, disrespecting the cats, got to understand. Oh my! And but Fox, my God, what a horrible job documenting. They did not have a sideline, you know, sideline guy or gal, and so I think that would have been a big help to notice what's going on. But you know, you talking about for the K State game? I'm talking, yeah, about wow. Brando and Tillman yeah. hardly covering what's going on in the sideline. Just basically, just what's on the field is what they're going to call. Other than Adrian Martinez exiting the game, but uh, whatever, I'll get over it. At least Brando got Felix's name right. Uh, <laughs> I don't think he messed it up one time, so uh, that's a big game for him. All right. All it takes is practice. 
know, just a year, but whatever. 11 a.m. on ESPN this Saturday, and that is number seven TCU. Uh, they're about to knock out JT Daniels from a game, and they're taking on West Virginia in Morgantown. Boy, West Virginia. I know. They're three and four. Yes, they did get a Thursday win over Baylor, but uh, I don't know. Neil Brown, I think is. I think the clock is ticking. This is not going to be an easy one for the Mountaineers at home against TCU. Well, they certainly have been better at home than on the road. There's no doubt about that. They did play decently well in the first game at Pittsburgh, which is which is difficult. That that's a big rivalry game. Do you give them zero chance or ten percent? What do you think? Ten percent. You know, I, you know the Big Twelve is so weird. West Virginia would totally win a game like this. Um, could it be a shootout? I think absolutely. Maybe. It could. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I wouldn't pick West Virginia to win. TCU is seven and a half point favorite. That's a dangerous line. Um, yeah, it could be a seven point game. Absolutely. But I would definitely go TCU. I'll maintain that this could be a closer game than most people would think. Yeah. Yeah, West Virginia will be excited to play. I think, I think if they can run the ball a little bit, um, by a little bit, I mean let's say, you know, 120, 130 yards, they'll have a they'll have a shot. Uh, let's see here. What else do we got? We got. I lost my place here. Sorry. Uh, here we go. Oklahoma at Iowa State. Interesting game. Yep. Very interesting. 11 a.m. on FS1. I say, and Oklahoma one and a half point favorite. So, I mean, it's a pick 'em, basically. How do you figure that? Again, I don't pay a lot of attention to the Lions necessarily either, but they're on the road. They've just been ordinary at best, mm-hmm. and yet they're the favorite in Ames. I guess Dylan Gabriel's a one and a half point difference. <laughs> if he was okay. not playing, Iowa State might be a four and a half point favorite. Well, I, I can see, don't misunderstand. I can see the game going either way. These two teams were off last week, so they, I would think that both will be refreshed and ready to go and, and maybe would show a few different looks. That could be an interesting game to watch. It may not be at the top of the charts, but okay. And then at 6.30 on ESPN2 is Baylor against Texas Tech. Yes, K-State, Oklahoma State is by far the best game in the conference this week. I always try to figure out who's off because there's only eight teams playing, and I'm trying to figure out, all right, who's missing, who's going to play, and and who's not. So KU is not going to play. And gosh darn it, who's the other one? Uh, Texas. There you go, Texas. Very good. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Texas and Kansas off. The, the Baylor Tech series is interesting always, uh, regardless of records, regardless of whatever, because I, I, I don't know. I think our fans understand this. Those two teams do not like each other. No. Or the s- schools in, in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> and uh, so it could be I, – I, I certainly would, would favor Tech here because they are at home. I mentioned earlier in the show that I think Joey McGuire's done a nice job there. Uh, but but yeah. hey, Baylor when they're hitting on all cylinders is still pretty dangerous. But they have not been anywhere in the hemisphere consistently as they would like to be in consistency. They're consistently inconsistent. How's that? Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. I no, I know what you're saying, and you hinted there on the uh, the storyline. Yeah, Joey McGuire against Dave Aranda. That's it for sure. Yeah. Yeah, for those that don't know, Joey, of course, was on the staff with Aranda, and he's a you know a big time high school coaching legend. I think that you know that gets thrown around a lot, but I think it's true in his case. He had some awfully good teams there, um, 
And and this uh, this will be an interesting game. You assume, I suppose, that Baron Morton will get a third straight start. But they I, did, I would start him. But they did also play. I, I did see Donovan Smith in the game briefly. Maybe that was just that they had a big lead. I don't know. But and and who knows when Tyler Shuck will be back? It shouldn't be that much longer before he has a chance to come back. So. Hey, if the the freshman is a hot hand. Oh sure. Yeah. And you got I, Baylor. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I I just I just know Morton's been really pretty solid for them and. Um, again, I'll say this. If Baylor comes in with an edge and they are committed to running the ball and committed to the vertical pass game like they've been at times, they'll make this a game. Yeah. If they don't, they won't. No, I mean, I'm very interested to see how that plays out. I think Texas yeah. Tech will win. Do you? They were so impressive against West Virginia. I mean, I, I think Baylor's been – Okay, yeah. I mean not terrible, but at times they've looked bad, and I don't, I, I've not been too impressed with Blake Shapen. I think he's been disappointing. Well, at times, and again, that happens. You know, it's, it's like a, you know, a, I guess I'll equate it this way: young player comes to the big leagues and goes nine for his first twenty, and he's going to be a superstar. And they figure out where his weaknesses are, mm-hmm. and then the next two weeks he hits a buck twelve. You got to be consistent. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's as simple as that, and and they do figure out your weaknesses. Uh, simply stated. All right, before we get to an ask uh, or meet the Wildcats question, I just want to say one more thing about the game this Saturday. Uh, to me, it, it was hard not to. It's not time to hit the panic button yet, even though it feels like after the game Saturday, with all the injuries racking up, that it maybe feel like that season is turning upside down, and a lot is happening at one time. Uh, let time tell where this is going to go. Uh, I'm not hitting the panic button. I wanted to on Saturday, and I usually one that doesn't panic too hard about this kind of situation, but it was a lot happening at once. Tough situation. But, uh, you know, K-State's in second place. That loss went from first place to second place. A loss against Oklahoma State puts them in third place. Even if it's a loss, it's not the worst thing in the world, but to me it is a must win. It really is. Well, (laughs) You said a lot there, and I, I yes, think I <laughs> at, at the end of the day, um, it, it, it is difficult. I think people do get, you know, you can go very quickly from you feel like you feel great about your team to, uh-oh, where are we headed? What are we doing? And sometimes it just takes a handful of injuries or three or four injuries to, to make that happen, and or a bad game or whatever it might be. Uh, but, but uh, you know, I, I think your thought is a good one. Hang, hang with them. I mean, there's still a lot of football to be played. We don't know yet about these guys. You know, there may be one or two that won't go this weekend, but maybe it'll be just one. I mean, we don't know. And I, I, I think anytime you're at home, you certainly have a shot, even, even against a team as good as Oklahoma State. And it helps that they're banged up a little bit too. All right, Wyatt, meet the Wildcat question for you. Okay. I want to know about your cooking skills in the kitchen or on the grill, whatever. If you're wanting to impress somebody, if you think you got a best dish – what do you think it is? Well, I'm boring probably <laughs> for the most part because I'm not a cook indoors in, in any way. Okay. Uh, I do say that generally speaking, I could probably grill all right. So that's probably my strength uh, and probably, you know, a good a good sirloin or, or T-bone or ribeye would probably be the, the best thing that, that – if I'm going up and above me, I mean, I could do a pork loin or, you know, Whatever, but uh, that's probably the 
and and we're talking minimal skills here. My my only skill would be grilling a little bit of meat. Does that make sense? Like if Karen asks to, uh, can you take out a pound of hamburger? You could do that. Oh sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not <laughs> I'm not totally you know inept, but it, it's really <laughs> it's really a, a hard thing because. I've never really. I think to be a. It's like anything else. We said a while ago to be good at it. You got to want to be good at it and work at it. I just get almost <laughs> no work in the kitchen, other than you know picking up the the plates and stuff after occasionally. A lot of times I don't even do that. Are you a big leftovers guy? I can be sure. You know, I Matt Walters laughs at me about this because he he Karen makes a big pot of stew and I eat on it for three or four days or whatever and. He says, old people eat stew. And I said, well, that's because we're old people. <laughs> God, I haven't heard the word stew in forever. <laughs> but but it's really, really good. You know what I'm saying? And so, yeah, I, I pretty much leave all that to she, – she knows what she's doing. So. Well, what, what's her best dish? Oh, boy. That would be hard to say because she's a really, really good baker. Mm. Um, like with all the family coming in for the thing last night, I mean, she made – Chocolate chip cookies. She oh, made boy. oatmeal raisin cookies. She made three berry pie. She made a key lime pie. And my sister Alicia brought a great big German chocolate cake. So we had more junk than you could possibly choke down in an afternoon slash evening. I got to say, my girlfriend Lindsay, she could be a really great cook. Yeah. She, she kind of doesn't really follow recipes, just kind of has an idea of how to do things and just kind of works it out. Right. For the first time ever, she made meatloaf. And this wow. was about a month ago. Was it good? It was the best meatloaf I'd ever had. Really? I was like, oh my God, this is the first time you made it? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, it wasn't too hard. I was like, too hard? I think you could sell this in a five-star restaurant. Really? Good. And then she made it again, but she did a few different things. And it, was, it wasn't as good as the first time, but it was still like second place. Wow. It was still amazing. I was like, there's some secret ingredient she's not telling anybody about huh and it's amazing like it's better than any restaurant meatloaf i've ever had i love meatloaf yeah. love having it as a as a uh, leftover like making sandwiches out of it oh i, I could see that I, I definitely could see that walters would call you old too with the meatloaf i'm sure oh hell i don't care about that if that makes me old <laughs> put me in a nursing home because i'm gonna eat that whole you're, pan you're of meatloaf. Good. you're all good huh yeah now i'm not a big i don't like when people bake ketchup on the meatloaf okay. have you heard of that what is it ketchup or is it more like tomato sauce? Oh, it's it's ketchup. Oh, is it like okay. before it's sticking in the pan? Put or I, at some point before it's done, the ketchup goes on the top and then okay. back in the oven or whatever. Okay. I'm just like, nah. It, it the taste of the ketchup is weird. Okay, not for me. My parents oh. like to do that. Yeah. Well, I, I'll I'll repeat this. Karen's really a good cook. I only have one frustration with her. She made a spaghetti dish one time, and I like hot food, and she made it really, really hot, and it was spectacular, and it was perfect. Okay. And really didn't pay much attention to what all she was putting in it and can't repeat it. <laughs> Lindsay does that, too. <laughs> it's so funny. It's like, what? Oh, well, what are you going to do? I said, can you make that again? Well, no. Well, nice try. Yeah. <laughs> You'll always have that memory. You'll never forget that, that, that one exactly time, right. not yet that, that spicy that's, spaghetti. That's it. All right, Wyatt, let's wrap up the show. I appreciate your time, and congratulations again on the Hall of Fame. You're very, very kind. And I'll say this. You, you're too humble not talking about your stuff. Uh, I'm excited for you tonight, uh, getting some awards uh, individually and for K-Man, uh, good radio station here locally. So uh, enjoy the night. 
Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. I'm looking forward to it as well. But that's going to wrap up for Wildcat Insider. We'll be back with the game tomorrow from 4 to 6. For Travion Berkland and the voice of the Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson, I'm Mitch Fortner. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Go Cats!